Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, it's your boy, TBC, on the Jokes and Jocks podcast with my co-host, G. Hey Wiley, your favorite Blasian. My favorite Blasian. And coming to you live from Los Angeles or maybe Chicago or wherever she's at because she travels a lot. Renee Gautier. I don't know what. Did I you said it right. Okay. So, Renee. First and foremost, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm a little sad, but I'm a little glad at the same time. Yeah. You know, I was recently on the biggest show in America, America's Got Talent. And there is a, a stand-up comedian, female. You, I, by the way, screw all that. Screw me. You are our first female not associated as like you know what do i you know what do i call myself what do i or identify as you are our first female who identifies as a female guest on the show thank you yes all of that is yes i identify as a female <laughs> so we're glad to have you thank you for I'm coming i'm happy to be on it thank you for asking me and so before I go and throw my dirty drawers in the laundry, I have one question and one question and maybe 20. When did you know you were funny? Oh, God. Uh, I think it's a trauma thing. I don't think it's something that you just realize. It's a, mine is a coping mechanism buried within my whole family making fun of each other constantly. But... Um, I don't know if I'm funny now. Like, I don't think any, any, I don't think any good comedian. Oh, bullshit, Renee. You no. are fucking hilarious. Oh, no, thank you. But I just mean to the question of like, you know, every day it's a different feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it just depends how the day is going. But uh, when did I know that comedy was the way I did things? Um, my dad died when I was 10. Very suddenly of a heart attack. He was only 38. And I'm the middle child. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. And I just remember never wanting to see my mom cry again and never wanting to see other people cry. So, like, I became a, like a child Don Rickles where I would go over and be like, hey, and, like, make fun of people and make fun of myself and uh, just to never feel vulnerable. That's beautiful, dude. That is so beautiful. Um, I mean, that's better than all the dark, freaking shit that other comics go through that are like i want like well, i Carm you know comedy is usually birthed through pain you know yeah. a lot of it is 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 birthed through trauma comedy is making light of things that have hurt us deeply in life and i think that's why comedy is so necessary if a world without comedy is you know a dark world yeah. and comedy can get dark too so I think what happens with comedy in, in your situation, I lost my father too, you know, God rest your father's soul, God rest my father's soul, God, God rest all those who have passed. It's, it's interesting that 
most comedians are making light of dark situations. Yep. The dark, yeah. Yeah, no, oh. absolutely. Yeah. Is that, by the way, did we just all become best friends because all of us have lost our fathers? You're in a dead dad's club too? A dead dad's club, yo. Me? That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie to you. He, you know, he ate foie gras and had a really unhealthy diet. But still, yeah, like, it's death, death, death is never easy. That is for sure. Um, if anybody's hearing an echo, I, I greatly appreciate I'm so sorry. I'm at SoFi right now. So I'm doing the best I can to, <laughs> to do this um, over Zoom. Renee, I wanted to get into your career. Um, wh where did you start out? Did you start out, like, going into the, the clubs? Because this is a male-dominated field, like, I insane boys club. So I want to know, like, you know, and, and also, who are your influences? Because I, I've never asked somebody that, and I really want to know. Yeah, well, first, it used to be a very male-dominated club. I think women are coming out on top. Um, I think diversity, I think... Um, I just think, you know, I hate to say this, but I think male comics um, just don't run it anymore, right? Like, I think it's become more equal than I think we sometimes feel. I don't know if this is even the right thing to say. However, I started in Chicago. Um, I'm from Chicago. I started in Chicago doing Second City, which is like the SNL of Chicago. That was a little bit much, but for the... For the people who don't know what Second City is. No, that's, isn't that where Belushi, that's where Belushi started. That's where I, a lot of icons started there. Yes. Chris Harley, Belushi, John and Jim, Dan Aykroyd, Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, Amy, I mean, just like so many people. Um, I started doing stand-up in Chicago when I was going through a breakup. <laughs> because he was also in Second City, and I just remember my friend who did both, um, he did stand-up and, and improv. We were, we were rehearsing something, and I said, uh, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to an open mic. I go, can I go? I was so depressed by this, this breakup, and it wasn't a great, it was like a verbally abusive, like, you know when you don't know mm -hmm. you're in something and then you're in it, and you're like, oh, I'm in this. Like, so that also was a coping, it, where it showed itself again, coping-wise. But, um, yeah, I, did I answer your question? Um, yes, you did. You did. Um, but also my second question was, who are your influences? So, I mean, as I used to sneak and watch Eddie Murphy Raw um, when we all know children shouldn't be watching it. And uh, I think my older brothers used to watch it with like their friends over when my parents, when my mom wasn't home. And so I would watch that. And um, so Eddie Murphy, but um, I feel like Chris Rock was a huge influence. And I, I think when people say influence, I think other people expect like, oh, so you take a page out of his book. And no, I just loved the way he did comedy. I don't necessarily do comedy in his style, but I, I loved his comedy. Yeah, no, I, I love how you can take something so dirty, but still make it so clean. I, I, I think that's the one thing, I know that sounds really weird, but that was the one thing that attracted to me, me to your uh, oh, to your set i was like damn like she can she can do like multiple things like she she could and she's funny as fuck like i just Thanks. i died throughout your whole entire set and then you go and you and then i went to go go up to you and man you couldn't be sweeter you were like not the person on stage at all you were like 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I was very kind of you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was drunk when I met you, but like, no, 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 you're still, right. You were uh, so yeah. nice. Yeah. Of course. It takes too much. It takes much effort and time to be a bitch. Um. So, but I thought that it was really interesting because I was like, oh my gosh, she's way too nice. Like way too nice to be a comedian. Um. What What time. else is on the other front? So I want to get to know. Um. You know what? What else have you worked on? What are you? Um, what are you working on? Um, is there anything else you know that maybe listeners and everything can um, can know about? Um, what have I worked on, and what am I working at? Was the question. So, um, okay. So they're filming in here, so I gotta I gotta move. But um, okay, we'll pause. Okay, all right, all right. Modern technology. Just kidding. So you started in Chicago, and then where did you go from there? Did you just what was this like did everybody see how funny the fuck you were and then just started booking you like i i would probably do or did they oh, you know, did it take a lot more time for you to get into that scene well uh chicago i already had friends who were doing stand-up and i had already because the scene is so small i had done improv a lot and i look i i did a couple shows and i sucked and i was like mm. I'll be back maybe. And then I came back and um, honestly, I wouldn't say it was easy in Chicago, but it was, it was a playing field. You have to be up for the challenge for, if that makes sense. I think there's, there's like a type, there's like a scene that doesn't support you and doesn't give you honesty. And then there's a scene that is like, we support you, but it's going to be a tough love support. And we'll tell you if you're funny or should keep going by the way we're reacting to you. I, I fell in with a great group of people. We constantly went to shows together. So it wasn't easy, but it was um, definitely something that fit me that I didn't know would fit me. So when I moved to L.A., I was only about two years into stand-up, but I had done a shit ton of improv. Oh, I'm sure that that, I'm sure that, that um, has helped you tenfold. Because um, improv is... Comics are the best actors. I mean, that's just a fact. It's just, it's not, it's not a bold statement to say something like that, right? Um, as far as your, you, I'm, I was trying to look up your IMDb page, but I didn't really, not gonna lie to you. I normally do my due diligence and research, but I've kind of been pushed in different directions. What, um, what have you worked on as far as like expanding that IMDb page? And um, when you got to LA and got into those different environments, like, what did you also learn? Um, yeah, what did you also learn? At the time that I came to LA, the comedy scene was not as vast as it is now. It was not, it was still fine. And I thankfully knew a few comics from Chicago who were here. Um, a few, you know, people took me under their wing. What I learned at the time, which I would not say is true now, was that there weren't enough female comedians or comedians that had material that wasn't them just trying to be an actor on stage doing stand-up to be seen. So I came here for a week to see if like what the scene was about. And with only two years under my belt to be already kind of being offered things while I'm here, you know what I'm saying? Meant, okay, there's not enough of me here. If that makes sense. So I came and I, and I did a good job. <laughs> at getting booked um and you know i made friends and then a lot of my chicago peers showed up 
So a lot of my Chicago, a lot of the scene I came up with are here in LA now. So it's, yeah, I think I did okay. I don't think anyone, I think if you're good enough and other people aren't as good, I think you'll soar, but like you won't soar for long if you don't grow, if that makes sense. No, that totally, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, I want to know what is your dream scenario? If you, if somebody gave you your dream job, whatever the fuck you wanted to do, what would you do? Who would you work for? Um, would you be like, fuck you, I want to work for myself, like, you know, um, like Chappelle? Uh, do you want, you know, um, what, what's your dream scenario? The dream scenario would be to employ my friends doing a comedy show that also makes people's dreams come true. So, I would love that to. That is so that. not selfish of you. Oh no, because I, I really, I really have this bleeding heart thing. I, I should probably work on just a little, but um, I just, I want. Do you ever like? I worked in the the restaurant business so long, right? And I, in 2011, got to quit, and I had a writing job on on shows, and I still write for television shows, and I wrote on RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race, and did all their creative, which airs tomorrow um Arizona 12 um but my point is is that you look at people who are working you work to make money sometimes you work to survive there's like I would I made friends at the back of the house at restaurants because they weren't trying to get something from me unless they thought I was cute you know what I'm saying um but like and even then very kind people like my dream scenario would be able to go up to someone who I know isn't doing this because they love it and say, what do you love? What do you want to do? How do I get there for you? And I want to do that. And I, but I want to keep it in the comedy world. I want to employ my friends to make money doing what they love. You know? Yeah, no. So, so here's the other reason why I fell in love with your set too, because you bring up the service industry. I have a theory. Everybody <laughs> should work in the service industry. I don't care front, back of the house, doesn't matter. One year. It 100%. should be like mandatory military, you know, whatever. If you like, instead of the draft, you get, you get shoved into a restaurant and you have to work there. Um, tell me how that built up your set. Cause like you got to have material for days. You know, what's so funny is like, I, first of all, I hundred, sorry about the dinging. I a hundred percent agree with you. I say that all the time. I think before anyone gets their license, they should have to get their license. They should have to also work for six months as a server or whatever, uh, some kind of service. Um, so they understand how to be humans because it's easy if you don't know to be a piece of shit, you know? So um, I will say that I've always been someone who's thrived in a multitasking life. And I actually really enjoy working at restaurants. And I think working in Chicago at restaurants, way different than LA because everyone calls this their side hustle. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't ever think that. There were times I didn't want to be there, but I just remember the moment I started appreciating the job, I started getting stuff that I wanted, which is weird. So, <laughs> but I have stories, you know. Yeah, no. So, so my other question was, what is, um, as far as that's concerned, as far as the stories are concerned, do you have majority, is majority of your set that? Because I mean, a lot of, a lot of people do it off of real life uh, circumstances and situations. So that's what I'm just kind of wondering, like, 
like off of your life and tragedy and like and on top of it like i just feel like you would have a lot of material what was the worst thing or the best thing that came out of that of working in the service industry as a comic so it can give you that kind of material well i think the worst thing that could happen to anyone is being treated like a pile of dog shit or or not being appreciated for what they do well you know what i mean I have not had that experience. So the worst thing is a trope of not getting tipped a lot or whatever. Here's what I will say. In the beginning of my career out here as a stand-up comedian and I doubling as a server, yes, I had a lot of material about it. There was one time, because I worked for a company called Hillstone, which has Houston's and Gulfstream and all these things. And they are very, you too? Wait, you work there? Which one did you work at? You're on mute. Okay. I worked at I worked at Houston's in New York. You did. So no shit. Yeah, it's hilarious. So I worked at Houston's in Century City, California, um, Century City, like what West LA or whatever. And I thrived in that militant boot camp kind of training because I I thrive on structure. You know what I mean? And I think, but out here, but I also was actively doing what I loved while I was doing what I had to do. So I think my energy was just different as a server because I was still getting satiated in what I wanted to do. I was doing stand up at night and, and, you know, serving during the day, bartending during the day by choice. I would say that everyone out here considers it their side job, but if they just considered it a job to be grateful for, they would get things they wanted. I mean, honestly, the best thing that happened to me is I got a manager out of Actually, that's not the best thing. The best thing that happened to me was I was bartending on a Sunday and these two women came in and I have a very prominent Chicago accent, even though I've lived here so many years. And um, they're like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm an improviser and I'm a stand up. This is when I moved here. And they're like, oh, we're casting for something. Give us your email. And I was like, okay. And so I gave them my email thinking, yeah, you're going to reach out. They reached out. And I got cast to be Victoria Beckham's um, personal assistant on an NBC reality show before they were like riddled. The world was riddled with reality shows. So that was kind of the best thing that happened to me because it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I still kept my restaurant job. I kept it until I didn't have to keep it. I like, I like serving. <laughs> Hello. I do. Hi. I feel like I'm giving a TED talk and nobody's interrupting me. So it's like, wow, this girl's really. No, bad. I know. I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. I just feel this bad for everyone. <laughs> this is literally, now I'm doing it in the bathroom. So for everybody that can hear the echo, that's literally what's happening. So Renee, I'm so sorry. This normally never happens, but I'm in the bathroom doing your interview right now. Um, I'm you don't have to apologize to me. You're the one who's in a bathroom. Um, yes, I want to keep the Porta Podcast. So you had to, for, yeah. yeah. So you had to, so you thrived on structure because I fucking hated structure. That's why did you? So you must have loved the fact that you're black master black. And he'll tell me that structure and being able to do all the. No, none of that matched. Okay, so I got written. I got written up for that. I got written up for that, and I like couldn't go, I couldn't work that day. Um, so Tully is rejoining us from putting his shit back in his. Uh, bathroom or bathroom in your in your laundry um both of us used to work for the same company um like the houston's company the hillstone company so when i worked there i think they were a little bit more 
like heavy on the rules than they than maybe with you because they I was so doing. heavy. They were so heavy, but here's the thing: it's all about how you handle shit, right? Like I was always being like funny to make people smile, and I think that got me a lot of passes. There's things that I could say to assert like a customer, like that nobody. I remember my one friend was like at work. She's like, "Be fired." There was a guy who never wanted tomato, but he put tomato on the side of a sandwich. <laughs> and I one, it was my last week. I I was getting full time. I was going to be writing full time, and I wasn't going to be able to like keep job. Though I trained almost everybody. I go, "Hey, how's your sandwich?" He's like, great. I go, quick question. What's going on with this tomato? You want it or you want it? And he's like, well, I just figured it's easier to put it on the side. And I go, yeah, bro, it's not. Just say no. And he goes, no. I go, do you even want ketchup? I don't think you like tomatoes. And it was just, it was just like, and I walk away and he goes, oh, sorry. And I go, oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to know. Like, you always, it, it's a very minimal thing, but like an easy thing to be offended by. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how you're delivering your life, I think. Yeah. And I I love your point, by the way, too, when you said that it got you opportunities that you probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise as well. Um, So, again, everybody be nice to your servers and your bartenders because they can do big things for you. Um, Only because we are in a time crunch, and I think that this Zoom call is going to delete. Tully, my man. Are we ready for the rundown? I don't know if he is. Are we ready for the rundown and the, yeah? Tell me, where are you? (laughs) I am in the infamous Hermosa Beach. Oh, you're at Rock Sushi. I'm at Rock Sushi. But that doesn't mean anything. It's my last couple hours before I fly back to Boston. Um, I had to go jump in the ocean. If I'm in California, if I'm in LA, I have to jump in the water. Can I ask you a question? I tell you, how was your audition for AGT? Like, did you, because I I got asked to audition to do comedy a couple years in a row. I only did it once. Comedy is obviously different than singing, right? In a a delicious, cool uh, choir. But um, how was that? Did you have to do... Did you have to do an audition before you hit the stage audition? Uh, No. So the audition we did was on the spot in front of the judges. So we didn't have a preliminary audition. Um, And for for comedians, uh, there was another female comedian named Lace Larrabee who her uh, audition, um, she crushed it. And then... Allegedly, I'm not going to say anything against AGT or NBC, but there was, uh, she got X, she got initially, you heard the horn, she got X by Simon, yeah. just like that. Um, uh, but they wanted her to do a certain type of material that she was like, I'm going to do this material. So there's a little bit of, that, that's a little bit of that factors into it for comedians because yeah. it's a family friendly show. Um, Trust me, I don't know if the comedians ever won ATT. Maybe I have to do my uh, research. Two have, two have. Yeah, so I mean, it's close. for any comedian. I mean, it's it's a great show to to provide talent on. Um, as a comedian, a choir, a, a magician, you name it. Um, yeah. 
But no, it's like it's a real it's a real show. Like you have to audition. The judges give you real feedback. Yep. Um, and I was just curious if you guys had to do producer audition first because um, com comedians have to, and <laughs> for the material reason. But I remember going in, and I had a joke about I had just gotten off a big festival, so I was on the radar, and they were like, "Oh, we want you to do these jokes." Is what they do to comedians. Like they they want they kind of try to curate it for you, which is hard to do as a comedian, especially like Lace. If she didn't want to do certain material, like I did last comic standing, and they wouldn't let me do an Applebee's joke, and they wouldn't let me do a, a fart joke about rape. I know it sounds bad, but I promise it's not what it sounds like. But it's such a good joke. Anyway, what I'm saying is they do control it. But I remember my audition for ages. Wait, can you hit us with a hard joke about Yeah, I want to hear this. You can't just bring it up and not well, deliver it. Good on a Basically, the joke is that I've been thinking a lot about farts lately. And I, I like, politically, like, in a, a not in just, like, a frivolous way. And I just, because this is kind of true, I think, I truly think, like, a fart could stop a rape. And people are usually don't take that well. And I say, well, you don't have to like this joke, but you do have to agree with it. Yo, a fart is pretty powerful. And I okay, said, that like, would, uh, I yeah. would hope it would stop a rape. Well, <laughs> the joke is that a, a fart in the middle of anything could stop the thing, right? So, like, if you're at work, and your your boss yells at you and he farts while he's yelling at you he can't keep yelling at you like no one can keep doing that and so i just joke that the fart that saved rebecca just because lifetime hasn't made that movie yet doesn't mean it hasn't happened so that's the joke but so of course it's not going to play well unless i'm doing it doing it but okay i'm not gonna lie i laughed so <laughs> i mean he's in a bathroom right now so it's kind of fitting you know <laughs> It does work. It works. You're the one who would enjoy that right now. <coughs> anyway, my point is, is I went into AGT. <coughs> Sorry. I just, you know, fart rape joke really takes it out of me. Cough, whatever. That could stop a rape. <coughs> Coughs can't. Um, but I just remember going into the producers and there, everyone was like on lunch. It was very weird. All the executive producers and one of them had a little kid with them. Like their little child. And one of my jokes is about going to Iowa and every single person I met was either pregnant or holding an infant. And everyone was like, oh, how many kids do you have? And I, oh, me? Oh, none. I live in a city where there's shit to do, which is like the joke to start off my set. And this woman with her child, and I'm like, well, I just called her a bitch, basically, like by making fun of people who have kids. This was years ago, but it was like, it was awful. And I was like, why are they holding auditions like this? Like, I'm doing stand-up in front of an empty room. Well, I'm wondering, who was that for? What was, it? was that for uh, Last Comic Standing? No, it was for AGT. So, th don't they have daycare? Like, no offense to them, but don't they have daycare for those kids? Well, I don't know. This is years ago, so this is not affiliated with what's going on now. Because when they called me last year, I was like, guys, I don't have a story. Like, my dad died when I was 10. I think we can all say it's time to not to use it, you know? But it's, yeah, it, I, it was, yes, but you're right. It was just a weird thing to have in an audition for a comedian. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, that's, my, that's my thing with AGT is that they don't categorize the talent. Yeah. So it's not like the comedians versus comedians. It's like a comedian versus a magician versus singer. Yeah. Like how do you, it's all subjective. So how do you really, you know, how do you judge or how does the country judge who's better? Right. right. I agree. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough show to stick on, but it's the number one show in America and it's great exposure. And it's it gets incredible. To- you guys were so great on it. And how much do you love Terry Crews? Love the guy, man. The guy is just a, a beam of energy and light. Um, and he's got a pretty great story. Uh, great. Sorry. I worked with him on lip sync battle and he was incredible. The guy is, the guy is, you know, he's in the zone, like auto zone. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean it was a great experience. Um, a lot of networking, um, and back to it, a great experience. That's what I chalk it up as. Um, and now I can put it on my resume as seen it on. Uh huh. Big deal. So so it was cool. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, you are American talent, and with with or without that show. You are making people literally pee their pants, bust their guts. Like, you've got the gift Thank to make you. people laugh. Um, I mean, Renee, awesome. why do you think I'm in the bathroom? I mean, <laughs> you're just a stream of pee is coming out right now. Yeah, you got to be prepared anytime Renee's on the mic. You got to be prepared. I've never been the least funny in my life. Probably. I've been like, you treat people nice and nice things happen. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> Joel Stain over here. <laughs> I do want to actually, uh, since it is jokes and jocks, I do want to ask about your fandom that you are Chicago everything, um, except for the socks. Um, how do you think your bear, how do you think your bears are going to do this season? Look, s- or have you given up? I don't think anyone has topped the bears. <laughs> like, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll do some fun stuff, and then I think they're going to just drop it all. Like, they're going to get somewhere, and then it's going to go away. That's what I think. Like, that's their story every year. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, you guys have, you have some good pieces, but it's just, it's kind of the never-ending battle of your organization. It's just no bueno and they're just not not making you as happy um tell me um you told me that you're everything chicago but you'll root for the boston red sox no 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 i was talking about the oh Oh, okay 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 so so why will you root for the why will you root for the Sox? because like if you're a cubby fan you're a cubby fan if you're a Sox fan you're a Sox fan there's no north versus south there's north versus south so why will you root for them i didn't why would i root for them or why wouldn't would would okay so my family is split down the middle half are cubs fans half are Sox fans and i don't care enough about baseball um to fight for one of them but i do care enough about being from chicago that i will fight anybody not from there about either of them i'm weird yeah Okay, I mean, that makes sense. Family is definitely everything. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm a Duke fan, which I know that sounds weird. We'll, we won't even get into that. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, trying to think of other things that we can go into. How's your dating life? Are you single? 
Yeah. Do we need to set you up with some guys? Yeah, I need yeah? a friend okay. who's normal. Well, you are in LA, so that's a really tall order. <laughs> no, that's why I'm single. I don't know if you can, I mean, you might have to like skim through some bros before you get to a, a regular guy. Um, your situation? Oh, mine? Oh, I have a boyfriend. I've had a boyfriend for like over a decade. Oh, really? So, yes. Yeah. So yeah, no. He, oh, what was that? Where does he live? We live with each other. But I mean, what's, what type, part of town do you guys all live in? Oh, I live in Hermosa. Oh, got yeah. it. So where Tully is right now, I live like three blocks away from it. Okay, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, irony at its finest that I'm at SoFi Stadium right now and he's in Hermosa. I and know. he's never in the South Bay. Um, okay. With that, Tully, you want to hit us with the rundown? We'll, end, we'll wrap, up, wrap this up because I know everybody's got lives and they got shit to do. So, Yeah. Some of us have lives. I was sure about here. All right, boy, well, hey, you ready for the rundown? Because it's time. Can be more ready to hit you with the would you rappers? Are you ready, Renee? I could. I'm literally fucking ready. <laughs> okay. Here we go. First question. Everyone gets this question. Drum roll. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? Oh, am I going first? I um, I think I'd rather be a bird. Oh. I'm afraid of heights, but I feel like it would be cool if it felt natural. <laughs> Wait, you're afraid of heights, but you're like, I'd rather be a bird because the, I get the natural part. But that's still yeah, go ahead. The, I get the natural part, but that's still a little odd, right? Because like. You'd still be high up there? I mean, I surprised myself with the answer. I, <laughs> I, I feel like the fish thing makes me feel a little suffocated. I don't want to run into slimy shit. Like, I think, you know, I don't want to be hooked by a hook on accident because I'm a big eater and I want that worm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want the opportunity to skeet away to get out of there. Everyone was skeeting away. I need to skeet away if someone's trying to kill me. Okay. But I would be a very cute. There's no wrong answer on jokes and jocks. But most no. people say fish. Oh shit. I think we've only had one person say fish, so what why did they want to be a fish? Well, you know, when you think of it in terms of like predatorial animals, yeah. Like there's more dominant sea animals than air animals. Let's say like an eagle. But an eagle cannot compare to like a killer whale or a shark. So if you had to put them head to head and the ocean is way bigger than land and birds, you know, unless you're like an eagle, you're, you're getting eaten like chickens, turkeys, well, at least any animal that does, any flying animal or any bird animal that doesn't fly it's for dinner. Yeah. But so is fish. Same thing with fish. So like I said, there's no wrong answer. You're good. You're in the 90th percentile. We'll move on, okay? okay? All right, here we go. Next yeah. question. Would you rather have a partner who is a beautiful, beautiful, like, like attractive man with a horrible personality or a partner who's, like, plain, like, looking, really normal, just kind of, you know, bland-looking guy, 
but the most compatible personality. Uh, come on. I mean, I'm not walking around like Giselle. You know what I mean? My personality is what brought me here. So I'm going for the bland fuck with the personality. I can't. I can't date hot guys. I don't like it. What if this guy was butt ass ugly and he like, but he had the killer personality and you guys were like the best couple ever. Like you just meshed and you just like clicked. But what if he was ugly as fuck? You know how many ugly guys I did? Just kidding. Um, I don't, I don't care about that. I think if they're a good person and they have a great personality and we're connecting on a, like a, another level, he's cute to me. Right? No, that's a good, I mean, that's a good answer. I mean, like, like attractive is attractive. You're not. Yeah. I mean, I want to have, I want to be able to like, want to kiss the guy without throwing up. You know, I don't care if he can make me laugh. (laughs) So what he has monkey box. I mean, that goes away. That's fleeting, Tully. I know. I know. What about you, Tully? What do you think? I like a little bit of both. Yeah. I like a little bit of both. But. If I had to choose, if it was one or the other, um, looks fade. So when I'm in my 80s and 90s and I got to wear diapers, I want to be with somebody that can still make me laugh, someone that can still be an awesome person to watch The Simpsons with, or someone I could just, you know? I do. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And they they got plastic surgeons. But... Yes, uh, I'm agreeing with you on the personality side. I think that's riches are in people's character and not in their looks. Beauty is only skin deep. Yeah. All right, next question. Yes. Wait for it. Here it comes. Would you rather go through life unable to forget anything? Ever or go through life unable to remember anything. Do you mean that in its most extreme form? Yeah, so like either everything bad or good that happens to you will always stick with you and you can't let it go, or all your greatest memories they fade. Like you you, you basically have dementia and you don't remember people and like it's like uh, groundhog day i kind of would go for that one because it helps you live in the now like if you forget everything you you live every day like it's new that's kind of dope honestly as someone who remembers everything currently i like that so no walk of shame you know you're just like you'll be over walk <laughs> walk of pride yeah. It's gone the next day. Why do you care? Yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> okay. I like that. I respect that. Thank you. That's not what I would say, too. Okay, good. You know, there's a lot of things I'd like to forget. Okay, next question. Would you rather eat nothing but celery or oatmeal for the rest of your life? Those are my options? Yes, that's all you get. But if I eat celery, only celery, I will be beautiful. <laughs> Because I'll be hydrated, I'll be glowing, I'll be, eczema will be gone. I don't have eczema, but that's what they say celery does. Um, I'd rather eat oatmeal. 
It also, so they say celery increases sperm count. Not that that matters for you, but. It doesn't, but it would matter for my ugly boyfriend with a great personality. <laughs> he too will glow from the celery, though. He what yeah, he'll glow. I feel like celery will just make you so hungry. You would stay hungry on celery, for sure. Constant. Gorgeous and hungry. Okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. Next question. Yes. Would you rather have to shave your head or have your uh, have your nose pierced? My nose pierced. I don't have a pretty head. You know what I mean? I don't think they had helmets when I was born to shape my head deliciously. But they got wigs, though. <laughs> I, I am not going to rock a wig. You, you're just, you just gotta know what you're capable of, and I'm not capable of it. I think I could pull off an adorable nose ring. I think you would. Have you ever, have you ever shaved your head before? Never. Have you ever shaved your head before? No. Have you? No, but I've always wanted to. Do it now. Why aren't we doing it on this episode? No. <laughs> Do you know how long my hair is? It's like insanely long. Gorgeous. Like no. Like. Here. But you have a good face for a bald head. It's beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. I noticed it when you came up and talked to me at the show. I think you go baldy oh, with the nose pierced, G.A. I think you do both. That's, that's oh, my mom. My mom. Hair grows, I guess. And I actually had my navel pierced, but it didn't last. Obviously, um, my mom would kill me if, if I got my nose pierced. If I got my nose pierced, my mom would kill me. Like, not figuratively, literally. My mother would be like, you are no longer, you are dead to me, you are no longer my daughter. I'm like, I can't God. live with that on my conscience. So, my mom's a missionary, mm. so she's extremely religious, and she thinks that your body is your temple. So, I have no tattoos, and I have no piercings, and uh, my mom just wants it to stay that way. So, I just, I'd rather, instead of fighting it and, like, you know, going against the grain and doing it, I'm just like, hey, I'm good. Like... Respect, yeah. Who's that? I respect that. Okay, last question in the moment of truth. Okay. Renee. Yes. Would you rather have a fart noise as your ringtone? Okay. Or an evil clown laugh as your ringtone? A fart noise. You kidding me? Talk of the town, that fart noise. It's also so dumb. That it's so easy to talk about. You're like, did you fart? Nah, my mom's calling. You know? No! I'd rather that than a creepy clown laughing. Like, do you know how creepy that would be if you're sleeping and you woke up to a creepy clown? Like, fuck that. I live alone. Yeah. I concur. Yes. But, you know, what if you're, like, on, like, a big interview or you're, like, running into someone very important? And I go, oh, sorry, that's my fart noise ringtone. You can get out of anything. You can get out of anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, the moment of truth. The moment oh. of truth. Okay. Okay. For Renee, if you could have your own comedy special and you get to bring on three com uh, comedians to open for you and you get to pick the venue, where would it be? And who are the three comedians you're bringing with you? Well, I'm shooting my comedy special on Monday the 22nd in a barbershop. 
Um, but if we're going big sky, if we're going big sky dreams, I would do it at the Chicago Theater, which is a gorgeous theater. I sang there and when I was in high school during jokes of an amazing technical group coat. So I would do it there because it's dumb um, and gorgeous. And then the three people I would want to open for me, it would be more like they were just doing a set. I don't think I'd be better than them. I would love who would I want to do that? Shit. I'm assuming you mean people, household names. Yes? Is that what you're asking? Names that people know? It's your call. It's your call. It doesn't have to be. I mean, here's what I would do. Do they have to be comedians? It's your show. Okay. I would have LL Cool J open. Just because. Strong. That's strong. That's fucking great. I would have him start the show. I wouldn't call it opening. I would then second have John Legend do a set. And then I would have... Hmm, who, would I, <laughs> who would I have? I would have Chris Rock do a set, and then I would... <laughs> Ah, we brought a comedian. Again, comedy. I like that. I would watch. <laughs> I would definitely watch that. That's that a would, great special. That's a great special. You would win the world with that one. Well, it'd all be like, "Who is that?" Don't worry, I'm going last. No. Hopefully, people are still in the building by the time you yeah. go on. Exactly. Now, you can all on your, five minutes. You're keeping them on your heels. <laughs> on their heels with that lineup. Yeah, it still sounds like a banger set. In I'm Chicago, sorry, that's, it still that's sounds nuts. like a banger set. That would crush. <laughs> that would crush. I love that. It's different. Okay, well, you just spoke that into existence, so... Okay. Be ready well, I would put two first people and never with the third. Yeah, you might, you might want to go first and last. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Intro, outro. Yeah, yeah. I love it. All right. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. You are an incredible talent. Thank uh, you. If you have anything you want to plug real quick, I know you just said you have a comedy special in a barbershop, your Instagram, anything you want to say before we get off uh, is your time. Uh, yeah, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, just type in Renee Gautier. It comes up at Nene Gooder. <laughs> Love it. Uh, also, Renee is uh, Renee's episode of a drag, drag queen. RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Drops tomorrow. Yeah, the season that I um, created um, most of the comedy and the performances, uh, RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race starts tomorrow. Okay. We'll be on the it's lookout for that. It's a great show. Yeah, it's going to be great. Like, oh, okay. It's where, really where, can, where can we watch that? I believe it's on VH1. On VH1. That's a big deal. Yeah. Hey, good look yeah. at you. Making moves, power moves. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. I wish I had more funny moments in the beginning, but I just am so kind. Just you're just way too nice. You're too well, you're cutting show? out. I, I know. Go ahead. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah. Next time that you're on the sh next time you're on the podcast, you'll just have more more to give to us. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, coming back. You won't be in a bath. Coming back. <laughs> yeah, back. and I and I swear to God, it will not be this shitty. I will not, not be at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> she won't be in the bathroom. I won't be at the sushi bar. But guess what? Everything <laughs> great starts in a bathroom or a sushi bar. Let me tell you. You're not wrong. I just had sushi for dinner. And look yeah. what happened after this. And then, did you, and then did you go to the bathroom afterwards? Because <laughs> I, I went twice before I got on this. Let's go. Sputter butt McGee. <laughs> what did you just say? You heard me. Sputter, sputter butt McGee. I we'll make that. it after this show. So, yeah. hey, Renee, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, be on the lookout for everything you're doing. Hopefully, uh, we'll see you at Poncho's, the roof deck, or any of your comedy specials that you have coming up. Check Thank her out. You. Renee, go TA, go Tier. How you say it? Gautier. It rhymes. My dog did not. I love that. It's like, go, it's like Sean Paul Gautier. I love that. Gautier. The goat herself. Renee, the goat. Hey, well, that's our show, folks. Uh, tune in next time on the Jokes and Jocks podcast. It's your boy G. Hay and my girl Tully Mantic. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you did there. You saw what I did there. And ha 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 at a baller and peace. Hit him, Get him. You should just feel the stroke with him. And I sit him down. Get up now. Put it down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.